I like beer cause it is good. I drink beer because I should. If there was a song to sing, I sing it and beer you drink. I drink beer when I am sad, cause the beer it makes me glad. Now there's nothing left to say, so let's go drink beer. Beer is good, beer is good, beer is good. And so, beer is good, beer is good, beer is good. Let's go drink some beer. Hello, people. What is going on, everybody? You know, I gotta say, it's almost like a, like false advertising. Because it's very rare that we're actually drinking beer. You know, that's fair. On podcast nights. Yeah, that, that's fair. Um, Every, any other night we hang out, we, we definitely drink the beer. But, like, why? Well, you're drinking beer tonight, right? I'm drinking beer tonight. Yeah. So this is the second time ever we're going to be in different locations. Um, I'm Tommy, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can you hear this? Well, hold on. Can you hear this? There it was. Yeah, for those of you um, that don't know what that sound is, Oh, Tom and Miss Chelsea are coming <laughs> to you live from the beach. From Virginia Beach. Wow. Poor old Mike. Hey, no, 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 no. Let it be stated on record that poor old Mike was invited. Mike knows that he was invited, but <laughs> because of because of what... Mike does for work right now. He wasn't able to take any days. Which is so you never Which is really just bad timing. You know what I mean? Right. Um but it, it's fine, it's fine. I'm sitting here in Mercer where it's rained since Saturday. <laughs> we were at eighty four today. Wow. I don't think we hit sixty. <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking forward to getting that. Yeah. Well, that's, isn't that always the problem? You go away to vacation somewhere nice. The weather's nice. You don't, you know, unless you're weird like me and decide to go on vacation around Christmas and go to Canada, everybody else goes somewhere warm. And, uh, then you come back to this crap. So, I might, I might have a right. You go up to Canada where it's like 40 degrees colder, and then you come back here and don't have to wear a coat the rest of the winter. You know, that that's actually probably pretty fair. So, um, so yeah, man, so. Oh, Mike, the other reason that we came down here for? Mm-hmm. Much better. Oh, yeah? Like, yes, sir, much, awesome. much Good, good. Good. So, um, that's good news. Uh, for, the, for the people at home, um, Reggie may or may not be joining us this evening. We don't know yet. Like, uh, things have changed with her schedule. Yeah, so. you, know, you know how life is, people. Throws curveballs at you and you have to adjust. So, you know, um, We'll have to potentially look at a different night, maybe to do the recordings, um, to see if there's another night that we all have in common that we can do this. Um, 
So, so you're down there in uh, seafood country. Have you guys eaten any seafood yet? Um, no, but tomorrow that is the plan. We are going to a uh, a surf and turf shop. Okay. Uh, since I'm not big on seafood, uh huh. I can get myself a nice steak. Well, Chelsea can get herself, you know, critters that swim. Yeah. So listen, my advice: <coughs> don't get the calamari, Tom. No calamari. That's it's a uh, squid. Mm-hmm. And when I was little, I used to eat it and call it rubber bands. So that tells you all yeah, you need to know yeah. about the texture, right? Oh, oh, man! I almost, I almost fucked up. Almost yeah. fucked up. Uh oh. High tide's starting to come in. Chelsea and I are down on the beach. Mm-hmm. And we weren't in the water, but you know we were sitting there with our feet, feet in the water. Uh oh. Well, no. So we decided to just get up and go uh, look for seashells. Okay. So we see something roll up that at from about twenty-five to thirty feet away look like a conch shell. So we go running up to it, and another wave hits it as I'm about two feet away from touching it. It was a jellyfish. Oh. Whoops. I almost, almost made a big boo-boo tonight. Mm-mm-mm. So, um, you know, you know, I'm a Jersey Shore guy. Um, yes, sir. <coughs> I didn't make it this year, but last summer we went down. Uh, oh, let me ask you something real quick about shore life. Isn't it just amazingly awesome to watch a storm way off in the distance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we were watching it last night, and oh, my God, it was so beautiful. Yeah. But it was so far away, you just could yeah, like we had no effect. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Yeah, you could just tell there's a storm because it's a little bit rougher. You can see it out there, um, but where you're at, you're still in the sun. There's there's really nothing like it. But um, it was actually at it was actually at nighttime. So oh, wow, like the clouds and shit yeah. were lighting up, and you could say it was a decent sized storm head. But again, it was far enough offshore that you know we really didn't feel any effect at that point in time. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no worries. I'm trying to regather my thoughts, anyways. Um, so we last summer we went down, and the IT guy and Shaggy, they're big fisher people. Seen a few people fishing here. Speaking yeah. of, I haven't they seen anybody reel anything in. They love but, fishing at the beach, um, and they probably actually catch fishing? more fish there than they do in real life. Um, but do you know if this is the fish on the beach? I, I don't know the answer to that one, to be honest, Tom. Um, because where we go to Jer- in Jersey, it's a private beach. Yeah, you're private, so you, you can do it. So what? yeah, so yeah. once the lifeguards leave, all bets are off. I I don't think I don't know if you do or not, to be honest. Um, if I were they made something like you could type a question into, and it would give you an answer. 
Well, yes, but you see, that's already set up with other things because I didn't. Well, I, bring no my worries. let me let me check my Microsoft Surface here. But anyway, so the IT the <laughs> IT guy and Shaggy decided with with my uh, I don't know my cousin's my cousin's uh, son they were gonna go and do some fishing. All right. I said, yeah, it's a great idea. So, you know, go to the bait shop, you get the frozen little baits that you throw on the hooks, and, and they go up to the beach, and they're up there for a little bit. And after about a half an hour, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go check on them, you know, so I load my cooler up, grab my chair, head up that way, um, and they're fishing, and I say to them, hey, fellas, Looks like the tide's coming in. And they're like, yeah, we know, we know. And I said, um, right, but, you know, the tide's coming in, and you have all your bait sitting right here where the water is about, well, I didn't say water because I was back home, so where the water um, is getting awful close to it. And they're like, no, we're good. I said, okay. Um, yeah, you do need, I mean, you do need a fishing license. So, um, it's not like you grew up on that beach or nothing, you know? Right. So they're like, oh, we're good. I said, okay. So I just kind of sat there and said, you know what? I'm going to watch this. Let this be another life lesson. Maybe one of these will sink in, right? The, this is what we call a coachable moment. That's right. But I mean, I must not be a very good coach, dude, because, you know, we had the batting cage in the backyard, and I was like, hey, guys, I need like 15 minutes of your time. It's getting close to winter. We need to get the net down from the cage. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, they were too busy. So I thought, eh, this will be a life lesson. Cage collapses. Right. I knew... Uh, Shaggy needed an oil change in his car. I kept, I kept telling him, giving him money to do it. He hadn't done it. Yeah. Blows the engine in the damn car now that's sitting in the driveway that I'm still continuing to make payments on. So. Hey, it's a beautiful paperweight, Mike. Oh, yeah, it is nice. I'd love to be able to move it to the neighbor's yard. Um, that may be a project at some point. But, um, so the bait's sitting there and I can, I can see that I can see the ocean just creeping up on it. Right. Right. So I thought one last warning, fellas, the three of you are about to lose your $40 worth of bait fish. At least put it in the cooler. Oh yeah, we'll get to it after this cast. Well, we all know what happens, right? Wave comes in, bait fish gone. So now they're like, shit. So they started running up and down the beach because these little, little, little mini minnows or whatever were getting washed up on shore. (laughs) So they were running up and down the beach. 
hooking, get, picking up all the minnows, casting it out to catch a bait fish that then they could cast out deep to try to catch a shark. <laughs> I was like, you guys have complicated this process beyond belief. I'm going back to the big house. Oh, man. So. But, hey, what do I know? I'm just a, a grown-up. Right. Anyway, so look. Hey, Chelsea, can you hear me? Uh, she is currently in uh, indisposed. Okay. That means she's busy. All right, well, Tom, what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Uh, monkey brain. For real? For real. When I was yeah. a kid in Houston. In Houston. Oh, that figures. People are weird down there. Like, was it like in the monkey head, like Indiana Jones style? No, it had been removed and oh. cooked. Oh, that sucks. Like, if you're going to eat a monkey brain, you need that whole experience, right? The head comes out. There's little cherries where the eyes used to be. And then you pop that head off, you know? You know, it, it, it actually tastes um, similar to, like, a uh, breakfast sausage, a pork breakfast sausage. Okay. What's like the, a plain what? one, not a plain one. Oh, you know? the, the real stuff. Right. Is it... Um, is it gray when you when it was cooked or what like what? It uh, yeah, it was like um grayish light brown, you know, like it, yeah. it looked like cooked meat. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah, you know, I've done some traveling in my days. Never had monkey brains. Um never had snake. You ever had gator? I have had gator. Um, I, I was not impressed. You ever had turtles? I have not had turtles. It, well, then you won't be impressed with them. They taste real close to gator. Okay. And I don't, I don't think I could eat a turtle. Well, no. I mean, like, you know, you used to catch snappers, alligator yeah. snappers. Oh, no, I get it. I just don't know that I could because when I was in Sri Lanka – I worked for for 25 minutes. I worked as a turtle rescuer. 25 minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was all my ticket was for. Oh. So we got to, we, for, in, for 25 minutes, we got to take little baby turtles and help them get to uh, What might be curious as to how you got that uh, ticket? Um, some guy, I got in like a little, one of those little three wheel cars. Like the rickshaw? Oh no, rickshaw, yeah. somebody running. Yeah, they call them tuk tucks. Right, 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 right. And, uh, he said, where do you want to go? And I said, I want to go see, I heard there's like turtle rescues around here. He says, oh yeah, yeah, I know a guy. So like an hour later, we pull up to this, like, kind of like my story about when I went shopping. You know what I mean? Right. Um, pull up this little shack. I'm like, I'm gonna. Here we go. 
I didn't learn from my shopping episode. I'm definitely dying this time. And uh Or at least waking up without a kidney. Yeah. Or what who knows what. But um So we go down this little path, there's this little shack, and then there's all these steel tubs, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm looking in there and it was like it was they were turtles. And uh so I'm talking to the guy a little bit <coughs> and um you know, he goes, Some of these turtles, we keep them here because they can't go back to the ocean. Um you know, this one this one he had me pick up out of the water, it had to have been hundred and fifty pounds. It was the biggest turtle I've ever seen in my life. He was like, Reach in there, pick that thing up. I bet you can't. And I said, Okay. And I'm pulling like, it up and it's like as it's coming out of the water, you can feel it getting heavier and heavier. Right. And I picked it up and I was like, Oh my god, this thing's huge and he goes, Oh my god, you picked it up. Can you move it to the other tub? <laughs> sure. And uh and then like the other one was like little turtles and it just kinda hatched, you know. You know, I'm I'm not even gonna lie, when you said that that's all your ticket was for, like yeah. I thought you got like pulled over for speeding or something. Uh, no, no, that no, 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 you can help me put some of these turtles in the ocean. They're ready to go. And I was like, oh, heck yeah, let's do it. Hey, you know? yeah. Ten bucks. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. You, you take, you, we took them down and then you kind of let them go because you got to let them kind of run. You got to let them run into the water. You know what I mean? Right. It was chaos. There was little big <laughs> turtles everywhere. So I, I seriously contemplated putting one in my pocket and bringing it home, but figure that probably wasn't in the best interest of the turtle. So Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Um Oh um So Chelsea and I are sitting on the balcony earlier. Mm-hmm. And I'm people watching because, you know, it's Virginia Beach. I'm on people right. watch. And Chelsea goes, Oh my God, there's a dolphin. So I'm looking like, where? She goes, oh, it was over here. It was headed that way. And so I'm looking, I'm looking, and I was like, all right. If it was headed that way, it's already out of our field of vision. So as I start sweeping my eyes back across the water, I see a dorsal fin break the surface. Oh, no way. And then one do a half breach, and then another one do a full breach. Like, we literally sat there for five to ten minutes watching a pod of dolphins play, uh, maybe 120 yards away from, well, about 110 yards, I'd say, away okay. from our balcony. Oh, no so way. So they were, they were a distance away, but they were still very visible. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you in on a little wildlife secret that I learned from watching Shark Week. Uh-huh. You think they're dolphins until you go in the water to pet them. And then they're killers. They're not dolphins. dolphins. They're sharks dressed up as dolphins, Tom. Didn't you see that episode on Shark Week? 
<laughs> I must have missed that one. Yeah, he probably slept through it. <clears throat> These things happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool, man. I've only seen dolphins once, and they were, like, following behind our fishing boat one time. So. Yeah, that was my first time ever seeing dolphins. So I would have to say the weirdest thing I've ever eaten was a guana. Oh, yeah, back to that. It's what? An iguana. Oh. Yeah. I, uh. It happened in Sri Lanka. We went, we went out. Well, no, not we. I, because everybody was really afraid to kind of leave the hotel. So, I, I went out to this little beach, little beach shack or whatever, and they were cooking something. You know, it were, it, they were just having a party, really. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a restaurant or anything. I was hanging out drinking because um, my favorite beer in the world that you can only get in Sri Lanka is called Three Coins. Um, and they were drinking them, so I, you know, the guy was like, oh, you want a beer? And I said, oh, yeah, you know, and I saw it was that, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm hanging out. You're, you're going to have to kick me out of here. I've never had this beer before I got to Sri Lanka, but now that I'm here, it's it's the best beer in the world. Now, I don't know if that was because it was 114 degrees <laughs> or if it was a really good beer. Um, all I know is it cost 26 U.S. cents. Wow. A bottle. Yeah. So I had a lot of them. But, um... <clears throat> So they start putting oh, um, food, right, you know, uh-huh. fish and, you know, and whatever they kind of caught for the day, and then they bring out this iguana. And I must have, I must have got, oh, like, this oh, look jet. on my face, like, oh, I'm not touching this. You know what I mean? Right. And the guy was like, no, 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 it's good, it's good. You know, oh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm having some ethical issues. I have an iguana tattoo on my back, man, like. Uh, it was fantastic you know man it was amazing so tender Um, but anyways my one buddy sent me a picture when he was traveling South America uh huh He, he had a guinea pig And like, ate a guinea pig. Like, yeah, well, they're not like little U.S. guinea pigs. These things are like, um. Like the capybaras. Yeah, they're like, they're like, a, um, mini poodle size. You know what I mean? Yes, the capybaras. They look yeah. like hamsters. But they're yeah, freaking, like, they're, like um, you know, and my, my boss at work actually went and had one too. And like my, both their stories line up, but they bring them, they bring them out and they have like little, little Mexican hats. What are the sombreros? They have little, sorry for any of our fans that are Mexican or Hispanic. I didn't mean to insult you by calling something a Mexican hat. Uh, it has like a little sombrero and, um, you know, like a little vest on before they cook it. 
and he was oh taking pictures, and I was like, dude, how in the world did you eat that? But both of them said it was fantastic, so I'm going to take their word for it. I I don't have the desire to ever go. Yeah, I don't. Um, I just heard – let me uh, circle back to myself here. I, I just heard from a family member um, because I texted and asked because I had self-doubt. It was not Houston I had the monkey brains in. It was one of our family's trips to New Orleans. What? So I don't what? know – What is going on in New Orleans, man? They got – you know, I guess that shouldn't be surprising, right? Oh, um, holy how shit. more serial killers than we can even cover? Mike, hold on, hold on, hold on. So Chelsea and I have definitely passed a haunted house at least twice. Oh, yeah? It's an abandoned plantation, and the um, servant quarters are still standing. Oh, no way. That is definitely a haunted-ass house. Yeah. No doubt, man. No doubt. Um, well, All right, sorry to interrupt, but that just popped no, back you're good, man. You're good. I'm kind of having a hard time hearing you a little bit, but that could be my phone. Um, so, let's see. Hey, Mike, are you hungry? You know I am, Tom, but, um. Well, you might want to avoid Dahmer's Restaurant. You know, it's okay because I've actually decided that I'm no longer eating out at restaurants. I'm eating at home for now on because it's cheaper. Yes, very much. Um, Especially, you know, when, uh. People come over that no one knows are here. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of ground burger that way. So. Right on. All right. So, yeah, so Tom kind of tipped tipped it off. We're going to be talking about Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, <laughs> we kind of moved, moved our schedule up a little bit to bump him up. Since Netflix released that video of him. Which, that kid's a hell of an actor. Dude. Yeah. <clears throat> my, uh, my kids were telling me he's the kid that was, like, on that Disney stuff. I I cannot confirm nor deny. I just know him from yeah. American Horror Story. Yeah. He is... Listen, like, like this kid got some talent. I I went through some trauma. Um, I have no problem watching serial killer shows, man. But that, when I watched that, it like it made me feel like I was like there. You know what I mean? Like I was experiencing. So now I. Now I have this, like, I haven't seen it yet. Um, I haven't seen it yet because I have so many other shows that I have to catch up on. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, but with everybody talking, I'm pretty sure that this one's got to be bumped up. Yeah, you got to bump it, man. I'm telling you what, this guy, and I, I don't remember the guy's name, um, but that's par for the course for me. I don't remember any kind of. I can't. I can't tell you the name of any songs, or if I can tell you the name of a song, I can't tell you who sings it. Um, I can't tell you any actors. Well, for the most part, like, um, you know, I know um, Han Solo, that was played by Indiana Jones. You know what I mean? Evan Peters. Evan Peters is this guy's name. Yeah, yeah. Dude, if this dude doesn't win some crazy awards, and and the flip side of that is, like, you know, you remember back when Heath Ledger played that Batman? Yeah, we played Joker, yeah. Joker, yeah. And, like, it threw him off the deep end. Mm-hmm. I sure hope this guy's got some good people around him to get him out of the darkness that he played. Uh, Mike, you, I know you're not an American Horror Story fan, but he's been bringing it for some time like that. Oh, yeah? Like, you always feel, like, um, his quote-unquote realism. Yeah, dude, like... Like, you know how some characters you see on TV, no matter, like, if they're, if they're superhero or, yeah. you know, a super or whatever, but it, it seems like somebody that you could actually know in your life. Like that's, wow. You get that vibe from him in every one of his characters. I'm going to have to check out some of his other stuff. So let's get to the man. Jeffrey Lionel Dahmer. May 20th, Lionel. He was born May 21st, 1960. To November 20th, and he died November 28th of 94. Like, this should have been... <coughs> this is still, like, right before, you know... Well, and I don't even know if that's accurate, because the majority of his shit took place all in one place. You know what I mean? Right. He's known as the Milwaukee Cannibal or the Milwaukee Monster. Monsters. Yes, sir. Um, he was a serial killer, sex offender, convicted of uh, murdering 17 men and boys between 78 and 91. 1978 and 1991, not 78 years old and 91 correct, years old. Correct, yeah, yeah, good, good point. Um, <laughs> but this guy was a necrophiliac. Cannibal. A cannibal. And he permanently preserved parts of the body, like parts of his victims. But his neighbors all loved him. Except for one. The African-American lady? Yeah. No, she hated him after it came out what he was. Well, she was she, like She was one of his best friends. According yeah, to it, see now, if you, but if you when you watch the Netflix series, mm-hmm. um, she's the one that starts reporting him for his like apartment smelling foul. Well, yes, 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 all that's towards the end, but yes. like, yeah, but prior to that, yeah, 
Yes, because he always looked out for her. I'm running to the store and she didn't anything. And she's admitted to eating in his apartment. Mm-hmm. Which is very frightening. Yeah. And he used to he used to bring her sandwiches. Yeah. But I you know, we'll we'll get to that part. But like I wonder, I wonder if like <coughs> he was like that was mine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sharing that with other people. Like, this is mine. This is my memory. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know because some of the, um, some of the things I've read about him and that I've seen about him and the many specials about him, um, like the, the, the majority opinion is that it would have been something to further excite him. Yeah. He was a bit creepy. Um, that would have been another power aspect for him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like, and we'll get to whenever he gets arrested. In right. Prison and stuff. He used to send people signatures that he knew that didn't like him. Damn. And say, here, save this because when I'm die, when I die, this will be worth money because I'm famous and no one's gonna remember you. Right. So, um, just twisted, man. So, let's see. I actually was only convicted of 15 murders. Um, sentenced to life in prison, but we'll get to that. As oh, a child, man, I get... Sorry. I said, as a child, you know, born in Milwaukee, first of two sons of Joyce and uh, Lionel. <clears throat> Joyce was a, uh, a tell, like she taught, basically taught like shorthand, and Lionel was a chemistry uh, research chemist. Yeah. So. Um, which plays into the one fact that I have. Okay, well, do we want to get to that, or should we build up to it a little bit? It, it it's during his childhood, so. All right. Well, let me set let me set the early stuff because I know what you're talking about. All right, all right. So the reports are that, like, as a child and even as an infant, he was deprived. Would be left in. Dad would go to work. Mom was at home. He would be left in his room, and, you know, mom was taking pill after pill after pill. See, from she had postpartum depression. But back then, they didn't really know what it was. Um, from the one report that I was reading, um, that had started after a childhood surgery. Oh. Dahmer's. Okay. Yeah, and like we uh, said before, like that, all, all that he was sex. a happy and energetic child until he underwent surgery for a double hernia. Okay. And then the extra burden of taking the post-surgical care of him, along with being yeah, she know, was um, on a contract and she was depressed. Yes. So, uh, like, um, quite a few experts believe that to be like. The quote unquote turning point in yeah. young Jeffrey's life. Yeah, right, because it was, it was really at that age where like, as a child, you're, 
you're seeking like bonds. You know what I mean? Right. And there were there were no family bonds. Uh, and now in school he was quiet and timid. One one teacher recalled that like he was showing like early signs of abandonment. You know what I mean? Because mom was right. dad was always at work. Mom was always sick. Um, and then when she became pregnant with the second, her second child, with their second child, he kind of felt like that he was going to get left behind. Right. And then, in 1966, the family moves to where, Tom, do you know? Um, I just know, like, a few times through Ohio and then to Milwaukee. They moved to Ohio, the armpit of the world. Uh, I'm not sure. I I didn't think to write down what cities in Ohio he lived in because... The majority of it was Doylestown, and then eventually Akron. Um, but Jeffrey, oh, I knew that. Jeffrey I knew. I didn't know he was in Akron. What's that? I knew he had lived in Akron because yeah. when I was delivering furniture, I delivered to Akron, and um, like it was unusually in a rural neighborhood. Like it was unusually busy. Like there was yeah. a lot of traffic, a lot of cars, a lot of people. And so, you know, me being me, I asked the guy I was delivering to, I said, you know, what in the world's going on, man? I've been here quite a few times. Yeah. On deliveries, and it's never this bad. He goes, oh, one of Dahmer's childhood homes is going up for sale soon. Yeah. And then that, you're right. And that's when all the sick people come out, man. Yep. So they moved to Ohio. And then this is where Tom, he becomes interested in dead animals. Is this where you were going to come in? Which, which is, um, you know, at the support and essentially praise of his father, who was, you know, as, as Mike stated earlier, a scientist and chemist. Like, he saw that as most parents would like to see it as okay he's got curiosity of it how they work what they do where they go he's going to grow up and be a damn good vet right it, which was you know Lionel's view on it which right he's 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 thinking that his son is looking at this as like a scientific curiosity. Right. Uh, Not knowing the underlying. Right. And they they said, you know, the first experience of it was there was a dead animal under their house. Uh, Awesome. I don't know if you knew that, but him and uh, the dad, Lionel and Jeffrey went under the house to remove bones that were you know, decomposing. And Lionel said, looking back, he was, Jeffrey was oddly thrilled by the bounds, the sounds that the bones made. Yes. 
Um, I have read in one report out of the few that I read that it was an opossum, so I cannot confirm nor deny, but it's plausible. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's a reasonable, that, I mean, you know what I mean? That's a reasonable animal to assume it would get up under a house and die. You know what I mean? Right. But he, but he didn't call the, initially he didn't call them animal bones. He called them fiddlesticks. Mm-hmm. And he would search for bones around the house and out in the woods and whatever. <clears throat> um, Which, you know, that, that really had a lot to do with Lionel's parental blindness. Yeah, he missed it. He definitely... As parents, sometimes our kids do things that we're like, wow, I really wish you wouldn't have done that, bud. Yeah. yeah but, but if somebody asks me about it, I'm going to be like, uh, no. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So in 1968, they moved the moved Bath Township, Summit County, Ohio. I have no idea where that is. But it's in Ohio, so... It's not my fault that I don't know where it is because I really don't try to go over that border. Um, what was the name? Bath Township. Oh, Summit County. Summit County. I'm assuming it's somewhere around Akron, but I don't know. It is. It's... Um Uh, it's at this point that he really starts. It's, it, it's a borough. It's a borough of Akron. Okay. And this is where he really starts getting interested in, like, dead, dead, death. Um, there's a small is, hut. There's, like, a like a shed outside their, outside their house. And that's where mm-hmm. he, he began collecting insects. And then eventually skeletons of small animals like chipmunks and squirrels. And he put them in mason jars filled with formaldehyde so he could look mm. at the skeletal remains and compare them. That's highly unfortunate. Yeah. And then at some point during a dinner. No, I'm sorry. The, 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 the final score of the Penguins game just came through on my phone and. That was highly dis- and sorry. Uh, who, did, who did they play? The Red Wings. So that means they lost? Yeah, six to two. Oof, they better figure something out. Um, no shit. <laughs> so they were having a dinner, and they were eating like one of those rotisserie chicken kind of things. Right. And Dahmer asked Lionel what would happen. Jeffrey asked Lionel what would happen if the chicken bones were pl- placed in bleach. So his dad, the scientist, is is pleased that his son is showing this information, right? Or this curiosity, right. scientific curiosity. And uh, so they began collecting roadkill. And together they would dissect and bury it beside the, beside the hut. But the skulls would get placed in, in bleach. And then eventually... He started putting the skulls on top of, like, these little crosses he would make out of sticks around it, which is crazy. Um, 
let's see, let's see, in 1975, this one's sick, dude. In 1975, he decapitated a dog before nailing the body to a tree and impaling a skull upon the stick behind the house. As a prank, he later invited a friend to view it, claiming he had discovered it by chance. <clears throat> what did you call this before? Bedwetting, animal abuse. Oh, the um, something, something Trinidad. Yeah, something the, Trinidad. I can't remember, but yeah, you're right. Um, high school, he was basically an outcast. By the age of 14, he begins drinking in daylight hours, concealing liquors, liquor in his jacket that he would wear to school, man. Like, drinking scotch and right during class and saying it was his medicine. Wait, like, quite a few, uh, classmates recall, you know, and going back, you know, because as soon as who, Ever the killers found out they always go back and interview everybody who ever interacted with right. the killer. Right. And a, a lot of classmates remember him smuggling in beer and yeah. wine and Yeah. And just drinking it right during class even. You know what I mean? Uh <coughs> excuse me. Um mm-mm-mm. His parents get divorced. I think it was when he was a senior. They they finally separate. Uh, Dad goes his way. Jeffrey and the younger brother stayed with the mom. He came home from school. Mom was packing up the car. The McDonald triad. That's it. Yep. Um. Mom was packing up the car when he got home from right. school, and in the car was her stuff and the younger brother stuff. And and, he said, and he said, "What about me, mom?" And she goes, "Well, you're about to graduate. You're going to be a man anyway, so you're on your own." Huh. So he somehow graduates. And then three weeks later, commits his first murder. Right. Stephen Hicks. Yep, Stephen Mark Hicks. Hicks was on his way to a concert. Yep. Yep. At Chippewa Lake Park in Ohio. And Dahmer said, hey, I'll take you there, but why don't we go to my house have a couple beers and stuff before? Right. And then they're drinking, they're hanging out, they lift weights. Um, Dahmer kisses him. Stephen Hicks was like, whoa, dude. What are you doing? Like, I was not sending you those signs. They did not go over very well. Take me to the concert now. I want to leave. And Dahmer hit him with a 10-pound dumbbell. And then, basically, you know, 
didn't have sex with the corpse. <coughs> Excuse me. But he masturbated when he was standing above it. The next day, Dahmer uh, basically dissects the body in the basement, buried the remains around the yard. A couple of weeks later, he digs up the remains and cuts the rest of the flesh off of it because now he's starting to kind of panic, crushes the bones. He flushes the, the skin and the muscle and all that stuff down the toilet and uh, crushes the bones with a sledgehammer after he heats them up because he tried to just crush them and realize they were wet. So he heated the, heated the bones up in the oven crushed him with a sledgehammer and just sprinkled it in the woods behind the yard. Right. Um, he's kind of lost at this point. You know, his dad is really kind of like, you got to kind of figure out what you want to do with your life. And he's not really sure. And his dad keeps pushing science. So they get him. in old Jeffrey, uh, he picks another path, don't he, Mike? He definitely, well, I mean, I, technically, he still took advantage of his scientific knowledge. He just kind of went down the wrong road. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough, yeah, all right. So, Jeffrey Dahmer enrolls in the Ohio State University, wanting to major in business. He only made it one semester. Because he basically spent every day drunk. Fails out. And what does a drunk failure in the late, in uh, 79 do? They go to the oh. army, man. They head to Nam. That's right. So, um, the only course in he was well, listen, in Ohio State, right? He had anthropology, oh, okay, okay. classic civilizations, and administrative science. Failed all three of those. The only class he passed, riflery. What? He got a B. Gets kicked out of Ohio State. Goes to the Army. Becomes a medical specialist, or a combat medic, basically. Right. Uh, he was deployed to Baumholder, West Germany, from 79 to 81. Yep. Uh, during that time, he he, he uh, reportedly raped two soldiers. Yes, because during, now again, some of my some of my gray area or whatever is filled in by this Netflix series, so I'm hoping it's semi accurate. But during one of the things they're talking about you know, preparing to do a surgery, and if you, you know, if you aren't able, if you're out in the field and you don't have anesthesia, you know, this med, this med, and this med will pretty much um, make your patient, you know, comatose, and uh, so, yeah, so, and then he, Starts expand, exploring that, and, he, and they're allegedly, like you said, Tom. <clears throat> um, the, the first one was 
he had slipped his drug concoction to and then raped him. Right. Uh, the second one was like his roommate who was uh, like it repeatedly. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe if they make it so that you can't remember that, or if if it was like a, I'm too embarrassed to say something. You know what I mean? I, I'm guessing. It, I'm guessing the embarrassment part, especially being at uh, you know a barracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I let this guy, I let this guy do this to me. Um, so he gets, he gets an honorable discharge. Because of why, Mike? He determined that his alcohol abuse has made him unsuitable for military life, but they did not anticipate that causing any problems as a civilian. <laughs> Good old Uncle Sam. So, Let me rephrase. Let me retract and rephrase. Good old Doctor Uncle Sam. Right. So he leaves. He goes to Florida because he didn't want to deal with his dad. He goes to right. Miami Beach because he's tired of the cold. Which I mean, you can't blame him. No, I don't blame him either because you know what. That's that's my goal. Like Mike and I were talking about this before we came on air. Um, Chelsea and I are basically going to get our asses kicked as soon as we get home because he, um, it, it was rather warm. I'm not going to go ahead and um, say the actual temperature we hit of for, for fear of um, boasting, but there was a considerable difference in temperatures and. Uh, yeah, it's just going to be worse by the time yeah. Chelsea and I get home. Right. So, you know, he gets a job working in, in a deli, but doesn't pay doesn't pay rent. Gets evicted. Has to call home to dad. Goes to Ohio. Moves in with his mom, his dad, and his stepmom. Um. Eventually, though, he gets. Well, before that. Well, what? Whoops. If you're turning from West Germany, uh-huh. he briefly moved. Oh, wait, no. Never mind. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I covered that. Went to Florida. Um, drinks heavily. Uh-oh. Hold on. Starts drinking heavily Gets and gets arrested. Moves in with his grandma. Right. Um, grandma... Grandma's on him because she realizes he's got a drinking issue. Right. But then slips and tells him about the state fair. And uh, he goes, ah, I'm not interested in that. I don't want to go. And she goes, but there's a beer tent. Ah. And he goes, oh, a beer tent. Well, Grandma doesn't like me drinking at the house. I'm going to go. Well, he gets arrested for indecent exposure. He claimed he claimed he was peeing in the woods. But in the court documents, he says he was it says he was on the south side of the Coliseum. Twenty five people were present, including women and children. 
What do you think that? What do you think a fine for indecent exposure was in Ohio in 1982, Tom? I got no. This would have been in Milwaukee, in Wisconsin. Fifty dollars. Fifty bucks plus court costs. Damn, good guess. Yeah, it's like you did some research. I'm proud of you. <laughs> so eventually, he gets hired as at the Milwaukee Ambrosia Chocolate Factory, where he worked the night shift. He was a he was a uh, he was a mixer at the chocolate factory. Right. <coughs> Which are the dudes? I wonder if he ever brought his brought some victims and threw them in the chocolate. Uh, Mike, you know the FDA has guidelines on how much a percentage of human remains are allowed in everything we eat. They call that the Jeffrey Dahmer rule. <coughs> so. Um, and now he just kind of goes off the deep end, right? Hey, he starts bringing dudes back to his grandma's house. Right. Um, and he says, quote unquote, I train myself to view people as objects of pleasure instead of people. Right. So, starting in June of 86, he starts giving his people, his partners. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Was that the Jets? Yes, sir. (laughs) So, then liquor with sedatives, and he'd wait for it to kick in, and then he would have sex. Right. Um... Like he often cut them up there too, and, and stored them there. Yeah. Like but he wasn't uh, at this point. Eventually, as his grandmother gets older and they arrest arrest him, and they they start searching her property and start finding victims. Well, um, the one report that I read stated that that's why he moved out of his grandma's house because she kicked him out because ever since he moved in. There was a quote unquote foul smell coming yes. from the basement. Yes. Because that's where he would take everybody and then try to wash everything down the uh basement drain. Um, right. <clears throat> let's see. He meets this guy named Sue Steven Tunami at a bar. They go to the Ambassador Hotel in Milwaukee. We rented a room for the evening, so this was not a high-class place. Actually, this one right. was. This one was. This was a fancy hotel. I'm sorry. Took him back. Had no intentions of murdering this guy. Just intended to supply him with the to drug him and lie next to him as he quote unquote explored his body. That morning, right. Donald woke up. To find uh, Tumi Tuyomi laying beneath him on the bed, his chest crushed in, black and blue with bruises, blood seeping from his mouth. Dahmer's fists and forearm were bruised. Said he had no memory of this, and he told investigators he 
just couldn't believe it happened and doesn't understand how. Stuffed him in a freaking suitcase, dude. <laughs> Took him to his grandmother's, and then a week later, cut him in pieces, threw him out and put him in plastic bags, wrapped the bones inside a sheet, pounded him in splinters with a sledgehammer. Says it only took him two hours. Got rid of everything but the head. Well, yeah. I I have a report from after he got arrested Mm -hmm. why he kept a lot of heads. Yeah, he he definitely interacted with it down the road. But he uh, wraps it in a blanket two weeks later. He boils the head in a mixture of Solax, which is a, like an al- alkali-based detergent and bleach to keep the skull. And that's what he eventually used for what you were talking about, but the process made it um, brittle. Oh, okay. So, but after the, at this point now, he says, all bets are off, I'm on the prowl. So now he starts like actively looking for people. And he's right. looking this is around when the goes, This is when it goes from um an opportunity to a hunt. Right. And this is this is back in the late eighties where there's a stigma, right? Right. Uh, you know, with the police and whatever, you know, they're investigating stuff, but If it if it has to do with gay people, they're really not that concerned, right? And it it, it really plays into this guy in into Jeffrey Dahmer's favor. Um, and he'd bring him back to his grandmom's house, and he'd drug him with triazolam or tizemapan. And I apologize because I am not a doctor. I know Tom is a doctor, but he's not a doctor of medicine. <laughs> I, I myself am a doctor of divinity. So we're going to butcher these names. Um, so two months later, though, he finds a 14-year-old Native American prostitute named John James Doxator. He lures him to his house, offers him 50 bucks to pose for photos. That's sexual activity, and then Dahmer drugs him in the basement. Left the body in the cellar for a week before dismembering it. Throws him out again. Skull was boiled and cleansed in, in bleach, and he noted that that process doesn't make it too brittle. He did pulverize the skull later. And he really starts going here. March 24th. March 24th of 88. It's like once a month. March 24th of 88, 1988. 22-year-old bisexual man named Roberto Guerrero. Out, he meets him outside of a gay bar and called the Phoenix. Takes him to his grandmom's house. Um, and basically just says, I'm going to give you 50 bucks just to lay in bed with me. 
That's it. We don't have to have sex. We don't have to do anything. Just lay in bed with me. I want to cuddle. Um, he then drugged Guerrero with sleeping pills and strangled him. And then after he was dead, he had oral sex with the corpse. But this time he doesn't keep anything, and within a day, everything's out in the trash. April 23rd, he brings another guy home, but his grandmother wakes up. Uh, says, is that you, Jeff? And he replied in a manner that led his grandmother to believe he was alone. But she could kind of tell he wasn't. And he didn't kill that victim. So that guy was woken up because saved by the grandmother. Right. September of 88, his grandmother tells him he's got to move out. You're drinking too much, and you're bringing young men to the house. I've been praying for you so that you'd be cured of this affliction. And plus, the foul smells coming from the basement and the garage, you've got to go. So he finds an apartment. He moves in September 25th. And on September 27th, he's arrested for drugging, drugging and sexually fondling a 13-year-old boy whom he lured to his home on the pretext of posing for nude photos. This guy, I'm telling you, Tom, this guy's disturbing to me. You know, he he definitely, um, nowadays, it, it, the signs would have been right. more recognized and right. very well. And, you know, like we say with all of them, there's a chance. There's always a point where the police have a chance. You know what I mean? And right. some of the other guys, like with Bundy and with some with <coughs> other ones we've talked about, they were in different districts, different states, different areas, right? Right. This is all happening within one city, one jurisdiction. Well, except for the first few at his grandma's house. True, correct. That's true. But he really didn't have a lot of interaction with the police then. Right, right, right. So. I was just being Mr. Technical there for a second. Yeah, no, that's fair. So the attorney, once he's there and he's getting ready to go to trial, the attorney tries to play the this guy's crazy, he's schizophrenic, schizophrenic, you know. Dahmer just pleads guilty. He goes, I'm not crazy, I'm guilty. Um, right. So, his big sentence was 10 days over Easter. Um, oh. I just thought of something terrible to say, but. Uh, you know what, man? Before we really <laughs> get into some of this disturbing shit, let's have our Tuesdays with Tom. All right, well, it's only going to be one Tuesday with Tom because 
Chelsea actually busted a joke on me today, and I'm going to try and get her to say it. Wake her up quick. Thanks. Hey, come say with your joke. It's terrible Tuesday. What's wrong with you, Jets? Oh, come on. Because you said it originally. All right. Your wife just. So there was a jet coming over. Can you hear her? Yep. And it was okay. So there was a jet coming over, and it was really loud. And I looked at Tom, and I said, "Boy, it's noisy. Why don't you tell it to cool its jets?" Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me see if I can figure out. Oh man, I don't have my sound effects option. Oh, you ruined it for me. I'll never tell another one. Must only be when we're all in one spot. Hold on, hold on. He did something on the bar for you. Oh, okay. Boo! Boo! Um, what were you booing? Her joke. Oh. <laughs> that wasn't me. It was the sound effects, man. Um, and then he and then he moves into his permanent apartment. Wait, wait, hold on. We didn't do Tom. Oh, I didn't we know did you had Tom. one. No, I said I Tom was going to do one. one, but I wanted to. All one. right, I misunderstood. I apologize. You know, Mike. I have so many questions about the LGBTQ community, but I oh, never get a straight answer. Oh. Hold on, I gotta fill my wine up. <laughs> respond. Boo! If you're a member <laughs> of that community, we love you and support you. You know, yes, no, Tom's I, horrible I, I, joke. See, Tom, Tom, Tom. But I guess you, I guess, I guess that's okay because you, you, you live in that community, so. Very, yes. And <laughs> and, our, and we support that, and our best friend is part of that, and we love that's right, them. Our BFF. Yep. So he basically just goes on a killing spree now, right? Right. And I, I don't necessarily want to get into every single victim because that does get boring. Um, one that sticks out to me is that he initially gets arrested at one point for um, drugging and taking pictures of a, uh, a son from like a Vietnamese family or where I'm not sure if it was a Vietnamese. So don't quote me on that. Um, and then down the road gets caught. And this one, this one's disturbing, man. Chicago, Milwaukee police or wherever the heck this was, you fucked up. This was your chance, right? The younger brother comes home with him because he offered him money to take pictures. The family needed money. And the kid says to him, you don't know who I am. And he goes, no, I don't know who you are. He goes, you got arrested for doing this with my brother. But my family needs the money. 
No so, shit, I did not see that one. Yeah, so let's take these pictures. Hey, Mike, um, keep going. I'll be right back. I gotta go grab another beer. Okay. So he, uh, they come back, they take the pictures, he drugs the kid. Drills into the side of the kid's head because now he's trying to make this scientific and start performing lobotomies. So he drills into this kid's head with the, you know, with a drill bit and he pours some hot water and stuff in there. And then eventually he starts pouring other things because he wants to try to create like a living zombie corpse that's at his disposal. Um, And uh, the kid wakes up at some point, laying next to another dead body, staggers out of the hotel, comes up to two people outside the street, right? The two women call the police. One of the women lives next door to Jeffrey Dahmer and happens to be his neighbor, who at this point has already started calling about they're being like foul odors, you know, and he's the first time she knocks on his door, she said, Oh, I'm so sorry. My freezer broke on my knee. My mom sent me all this meat. It went bad. I'm waiting. I'm working on getting it out of there and throwing it out and I'm disaffecting everything. And then some other time he claimed that there was like a leak in the garbage disposal and the water had gotten in the water had gotten into his carpet you know, just a bunch of bullshit. But anyways, right. so these two women find him, and I believe her name was Cicely. No, no, that's the actress that played him on Netflix. On her Netflix. So I, right. I, I will hold on. Let me check my notes. So they find him. They call the police. Um, the kid's last name was Synthansipone. Like I said, he drilled into the uh, frontal lobe. Oh, and he actually, it was acid. He shot hydrochloric acid. Um, I'll have to come back to the name. But anyway, so these two police officers arrive at the scene and basically tell the women, like, Okay. Well, and I guess full full disclosure here was two white police officers. The three women were black. Uh, Right. And And at that point in time, yeah, it's it's a very unfortunate. Which is really crazy, right? You look back like this is almost 1990. It might be in the 90s. Like that's not that long ago. So to dismiss a claim just be, simply because someone is uh, of a minority race is disturbing in itself, right? But the police pull up and Dahmer says, "It's this is my boyfriend, we've been drinking, we had a fight, I know he's way too drunk, but he stumbled outside, like, and, they, and to, basically told the women, like, okay, we'll handle this, get out of here. They sent the kid back home with Dahmer, and Dahmer kills him, right? Um, 
those police officers eventually, once this all comes out, they get they get suspended by the police chief, reinstated. Tom, they get reinstated and are given awards as being officers of the year. Get the absolute fuck out of here, Mike. Mm-hmm. Which, let me tell you, if you didn't think your city had a racist racism problem, when that happens, you've got a problem. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, eventually, they, they, he gets arrested, right? July 22nd of 1991. He gets arrested. I, or, no. What, maybe a little bit after that. July 22nd. Yeah, July 22nd, 11.30 at night, a guy flags down two police officers on the corner of North 25th Street. They note that Roberts had a handcuff attached to his wrist, whereupon he explained to the officers that a freak had placed the handcuffs upon him, and he asked the cops to take him off. They took him off. They couldn't do it. So they said, why don't you take us back to the apartment where this happened? We'll get the key. We'll get you out of here. We need to make him do it. Mm Mm-hmm. You're right. When they arrive at apartment 213, he said, yeah, come on in. He said, yeah, I put them on. Didn't really offer any explanation. At this point... Edwards said, hey, look, this guy took out two different big hunting knives. One happened in the bedroom. Dahmer didn't have anything to say. They get the key for the handcuff, which is in the bedside dresser. Enters the bedroom. Dahmer tries to push past him. The officer says, you need to back off in the bedroom. They note the, the knives. There's a partially open drawer, which is filled with Polaroid pictures, which are human bodies in various stages of dismemberment. Um, When he saw that the cops were holding the the photographs, he fought with the officers in an effort to uh, escape. They overpower him, cuff him. Calling another squad car. Ask the officers to kill him, basically. Right. They do a search of the apartment. They find a 57-gallon jug of, like, uh, like basically a vat of acid. Right. Find tons of remains. One of them's a full skeleton. Uh, <coughs> actually, two I read there was skeletons. actually a partially dissolved body in that uh, barrel. Yeah, still in the process. Um, in the refrigerator, two human hearts, portion of an arm muscle, all wrapped in individual plastic bags on the shelves. The, in the freezer, they discover an entire torso, plus a bag of human organs and flesh. <coughs> uh, 
comment. And maybe this is sort of sterling because he was eating people. You know what I mean? Right. Goes to trial. During the trial, the medical, medical examiner testifies taking everything out of that apartment was more like dismantling someone's museum more than it was a crime scene. Right, because he was actually in the process with these boiled bleach skulls of um, building himself an altar with a mm-hmm. throne mm-hmm. made from the skulls. In fact, he was quoted as telling them that if he, he told police that if they apprehended him six months later, they would have come across him and sitting in his grand altar on his throne. Yeah. Uh, goes to trial. He gets convicted. The victims all get a chance to come up and and talk. Are you just laughing at that? He was ruled that he was sane. Holy shit, hold on, Mike. Uh, Chelsea was just laughing at, at the fact that he was building himself an altar and throwing out of skulls. Um, Tom? Run. Yep. <laughs> he goes to jail. And this is where I was well, talking about. Like, when he was in jail, people, this is people when he was laughing about really, something else. What's that? Said people, she was laughing about something else, not that. I was just, yeah. it was just perfect timing, and I exploited the timing. Uh huh. Right. So, no. Tom, sleep in the yeah, bathtub Mike. tonight with the door locked. If I don't hear from you in the morning, I will dispatch authorities. <laughs> you know, we're here for two more nights, Mike. Oh, boy. Well, well, it's night and tomorrow night. R.I.P. Tom. Um, if you want to be a new co-host on the podcast, because I'm not firing Tom, Chelsea plans on killing him. Um, Hit us up at MikeHasADrink at gmail.com. Or our Facebook page, Mike Has a Drink. Or send us a video of yourself <laughs> and why you should be a member of the podcast to Mike Has a Drink on TikTok. But so... Ooh, Chelsea wants to do the interviews. Yes, we will send you to visit Chelsea in the Virginia uh, County Correctional Facility. Sussex County. Sussex County. So anyways, look, we got to wrap it up here. So Dahmer gets arrested. He goes to jail. Um, and of course, um, he starts getting, like, all these letters from his fans, right? Draw me a picture. I'll send you money. Write me a story. I'll send you money. Send me, just sign something. I'll send you money. So he starts like messing with the other inmates, like I told, told you before the show, right? Um, he, uh, starts giving them to the inmates that he doesn't necessarily care for, and the inmates that don't treat them well. Says, here, save this because someday, my signature is going to be worth more than your memory. Um, and, and at one point he's sitting in church and inmate stabs him in the neck to try to kill him, saying you should not be in here, you're evil. He survives. 
The size, which, which is unfortunate. I wish the fire. No, 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 no. You know, I'm, I'm saying which leads him to be a 100% born again yes. Christian. Yes. Gets baptized and everything. In 94, in May of 94, he gets baptized. Um. <sighs> you know, and the big thing that led to that was he saw John Wayne Gacy. Mm-hmm. And John Wayne Gacy was talking about how he was saved and he's not afraid and he's going to heaven. And so that right. created some questions for him. And he talked to, like, you know, the, the jailhouse minister about that. But anyway, so he gets saved. But during the time, um, this Christopher Scarver, who, who was also in prison and was saved and really felt like, you know, he got in. And I don't know if this part's true. This was glorified in a couple of the shows I watched. But he kind of sweet talks his way into the computer to the computer lady and the librarian about, like, you know, I really just kind of need to see what this Jeffrey Dahmer's about. You know, he's famous, and I've been in here long enough, and, you know, I feel like God wants me to to learn about him and sees all the horrible things he's done. And as circumstance would have it, on November 28th of 1994, Jeffrey Dahmer and his normal partner, Jesse Anderson, were sent to clean the prison gym. Uh, and Christopher Scarver, who has finally just earned this privilege, was randomly sent in to help them. They were unsupervised for about 20 minutes. That, that's just, that, that's trouble. Oh, yeah, heck yeah, man. That's asking for it. Like, that's like, this was, I mean, I, you can't say it was planned, but it was like they were asking for it to happen, right? So at 8, 10 in the morning, well, no, discovered this, again, that, this goes back to what you were stating earlier about the uh, police and their unfortunate view Right. At that time versus homosexuals. Right, right. So, you know, uh, Christopher Scarver attacks Jesse Anderson and then finds himself face to face with Jeffrey Dahmer and pretty much says, I know that you're claiming that you're saved by God, but God has spoken to me and you're evil. There's no place for you. I'm doing God's will, and he pretty much beats him with a 20-inch metal bar in the face, the head, the body, um, slams him up against the wall multiple times. He was still alive, but in rushed to a nearby hospital. An hour later, he's pronounced dead. Anderson also was dead. He ends up dying two days later. Scarver, who was already serving two life sentences for murder, informed authorities that he attacked him with a metal bar as Dahmer was cleaning the locker room. Um, 
We said Dahmer did not make a noise. He didn't yell, didn't scream, just basically accepted the fact that this was going to happen. After he killed Dahmer, Scarver just walked back to his cell and informed the prison guard, God told me to do it. Jeff, Jesse Anderson and Jeffrey Dahmer are dead. Dead, yep. Um, you know, after he was arrested, Lionel actually wrote a book called yep. A Father's Story. Right. Whereas he questions how he failed right. as a father to recognize right. these signs right. and the mistakes he had made. Right. Where did I go wrong? Right. And then basically the court stepped in and there's a whole process about this and we don't have enough time to really get into that, but it really goes back to, we talked about it before, a vic, uh, um, a murderer or a violent offender cannot financially benefit from a crime. They basically right. decided that any money made from that, or any money made, period. If there was movies, whatever, would go to the victims' families. Um, at, at one point, they took all the stuff, they auctioned it. Some guy bought it and basically called in and said, "Every item that's for auction, whatever that total is, I'm bidding a hundred thousand dollars over that total." Got the stuff, burned it, buried it. Walked around all the victims, handed them checks. Um, <coughs> then, um, pretty much, that's the end of the story, man. You know, the house, the apartment complex was knocked down. They wanted it to be turned into a park. It never happened. I don't, I think to this day it's still an empty lot, but we're about still to run out of time, lot. my friend. So, Listen, be nice to be nice to people. If you can't be smile smiles, be the reason they drink. Hold the door for someone. We love you, and for God's sakes, put your carts away so none of us have to endure Tom's lecture again. Mike, you did not sign us off last week with. I'm doing that today. Look, thank you all. Share this. Share the Facebook page. Oh, wait. Hudson's behavior right now is reminding me that I have a quick story. Tom, you remember when we hung up 20 skulls on on the Mike Has a Drink Halloween Christmas tree? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're down to 10. Apparently, Hudson likes styrofoam. And I'm looking at him right now, and he's chopping on one of the wooden ornaments. I really hope it's not one of my ten killers. Hey, um, is it? Does he love styrofoam, or does he hate skulls? Huh? I don't have the answer for that. That's kind of well. Right now, he's eating a witch. Hudson. Oh, all right. Jerk. So anyways, look, just be nice. But listen, we're really trying to grow our audience. We're at like 480 subscribers. We're averaging about 130 listeners a week. 
We want to get that number up. We'd really love to see see their both numbers double. So when you see our uh, posts on Facebook for the episodes, please listen and then share it on your page. Uh, you tell your friends about us. You know, it, we'd appreciate it. And you know what? If you share Let's it you know and your I'm friend go, starts I'm listening, we'll send you a Mike Cassie drink sticker. Ooh. Hudson, don't you dare eat Annabelle. Mike, guess what shirt Tom was wearing earlier? I'm hoping it was the Mike has a drink shirt. Yes, sir. I am actually wearing my Philadelphia Eagles sweatshirt. Shout out to the Bird Gang, because we are 3-0 right now. Only two of us are. So shout out to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, whatever. If they stand You know what, Mike? If the Dolphins come and win it all, I'm all right with it. Uh, if the Dolphins beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl, I'm going to do what got me banned on Facebook to you, pal. Just understand that. <laughs> um, it is what it is. So, obviously, we misread you this week, so we will have to sit down and have a have a conversation about that. Um, Your aim ain't that good, buddy. Eh, I'll send Hudson. So, um... Like a magician. Yeah, he's like a... He's like a scud-seeking missile. So... <laughs> wow, that was a... That was a throwback to the first Persian Gulf War. Um... So, anyways, so Tom, what beer are you drinking tonight? Um, I was bouncing back and forth between the Mike's Hard Ices and Budweiser. Oh, well, that's perfect. I'm drinking my wine is light body, semi sweet. It pairs well Ooh. with pork, fresh fruit. And Lazy Rivers. I'm drinking Sunset Blush. Ooh. Uh, now. Is it pink? Is it, it pink? Is, it is pink. So, yes. as, as, as you know, Tom and I are not wine snobs. Um, basically, to me. Speak for yourself, peasant. Okay, well, you may be. Maybe I missed the memo. Um, no, 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 no. This is. This is just kind of like a eh. It's an average wine. Um, you know, obviously it's out of a box because I can get 34 regular wine glasses or um, 21 mic-sized glasses out of it. Um, you know, although, although we prefer the box for the volume, I still say we have to do the Martha Stewart wine on an episode. Yeah, we definitely will have to buy a couple bottles. We'll have to wait for it to go on sale, though. Um, but that's all I got, Tom. Um, Tom will be, Tom and Chelsea will both be back live in person at Mercer Mike's next Tuesday. Hopefully, Chelsea will have an energy drink before she gets here. Oh, you shut your face. So we don't have to hear her snoring on the freaking podcast. 
Maybe if you don't bore me to sleep, you wouldn't hear me snore. Uh, that's fair. That's fair, Chelsea. Like, that's the story of my life. Oh, Mike. Mike, I have to do a shout-out real quick. Go ahead. We have to give a shout-out to Mike. To me? Because Mike, yes, you. Because well, your opinion, your opinion really helped with our choice of hotel and... I mean, you've seen pictures of the view, my brother. Did, so, so, so I did good. You did good. You did good. That's you know why? Because I know how to travel in style. <laughs> That's right. Um. So besides that, let's you know everybody like. I don't know. I don't want to say pray because I don't really pray, but. Keep all the people that are in the path of these hurricanes in your thoughts. Um, because I was just seeing as we were doing this podcast, I was getting notifications. Like, it's hitting Cuba hard. Um, it's heading up. It's going to be in Florida soon. You know, right. where it tracks, it could, it could hit the one side of Florida and up, end up flooding New Orleans again. It could go to the east and it's going to hit like the Carolinas. So keep them in your thoughts, man. Like, you know, I don't know. They, they, they've lived there. They've grown up there. They, they I have a respect of life for them, but my God, right. it's a respect of they have a respect for it. Yeah. Um, because yeah. myself growing up in, in the, in part of the hurricane belt in Houston, like, um, you learn certain things to do. Right. In case of a hurricane. And then, you know, as you get older, of course, you know, you learn the adult things to do, like put a shitload of ice in your, um, washing machine and then all your beer in there. Mm-hmm. So that when your ice melts, it just goes down the drain, and you know, you fit a lot more beer in a washing machine. And then, and then the beer keeps the itself cool. Yes, sir. That's why down the road, like I don't think I could ever commit to living down south full time, but I could definitely commit to. Are you are you telling me, Mike, that when monsoon season hits our private island, you're gonna fly back stateside? Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying, Tom. When it becomes hurricane season, I'm leaving the island. Or typhoon season, not monsoon. I'm sorry. Yeah, whatever it is, who knows? At this rate, yeah, you're probably right. We're gonna have to buy an island like in the Pacific because right now we can't afford East Coast islands. So, um, yeah, when, whatever that season is where shit gets blown away, I'm out, brother. I'm out. You know what? Um, it, it might be a smart idea because, you know, we would be on an island. Instead yeah, of- I'm packing up my tent, hopping in the canoe, paddling the civilization, and I'll come back next year and hope the island's still where I left it. You know, um, you you say that as a joke, but uh, no, I'm that's serious. Of, um, no, I I know, but wait, 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 I follow a lot of weird and strange fact websites on Facebook, 
And off the top of my head, I can't quite remember where it was, but they built a bridge over a river. Okay. And then the hurricane came through and moved the fucking river. Oh. Well, that's not going to work for me. That's why we're just going to have a little island surrounded by ocean. If it's not there, that's fine. We'll just move to a different island that all the people got washed away from. (laughs) I can dig it. I mean, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Survival survival of the fittest, Tom. Squatter's rights, you know? Yeah. That's right. That's why, like, I'm hoping, like, two more years I own the house next door to me. Because I threw a tile inside that house five years ago. It's still there. So in two more years, when I can prove that that's my doll because I attached a little name tag to it, this doll belongs to Mike. Then I can just knock that house down. Yeah, see, and that... I don't know if that's how it really works, but I'm going with it. Um, Listen, we've had these people sitting here listening to us talk about absolute nonsense. By the way, this episode, Tom, is called Dahmer. Eat it home. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So... That being said, listen, people, we appreciate We love you. Please share us. And until we talk to Reggie and things have to be adjusted or changed, we'll see you next Tuesday. There it is.